Welcome to the For Men Only podcast, where we want to encourage, instruct, and challenge you to be the best man you can become. Hi, guys, and welcome to another For Men Only podcast. My name is Pastor Branton. Our goal here at Faith Alive is to help every man be the best man that he can be by instruction, by challenge, and encouragement, which every one of us needs. The last podcast, we talked about dealing with spiritual, invisible things, taking care of those spiritual wars that are going to happen in our lives. And today, I want to discuss another invisible thing, that which goes on in our mind or in our heads. And a lot of the struggles that we face come or happen in our minds. This is the area that thinks, that reasons, it imagines, you know, and this is the area where I think a lot of that warfare happens. As a person thinks, so is he, Proverbs tells us. And I think that's true, you know, at least to some extent. You know, we are what we think we are. And if we think properly, we will be better people for it. If we think improperly, well, the adverse is true as well. Have you ever done anything dumb? I know I have. And then afterwards said, what was I thinking? And I can't tell you how many times I've done that, especially in my early days. And it was just like, what was I thinking? I wasn't thinking right. I could tell you a whole bunch of stories, but I'm not going to. But let's read Romans 12. Verse 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Now, I know in context, it's talking about the measure of faith that God has given, and we're not just think of ourselves, you know, higher or operate and try to operate in a faith that we don't have. But I think that it helps us just to tell us to think soberly. That means don't think whack, out of whack. Don't think strangely. Don't think like an inebriated person, but to think righteously, soberly, and that which is right. You know, it's a lot harder than it is to say it. I know that. And so think soberly. Think properly. Sometimes we have bouts where we think improperly. I've had them. You've had them. We probably all had them, and it affects our lives in a great way. And I'm so thankful for the Word of God. And this Word can help us to think God's thoughts and to see it His way. And, you know, and if we see it God's ways and we think God's thoughts, we are certainly going to get on top of things, aren't we? It's easy to get into what I refer to as stinking thinking. I remember one time early on in my marriage, many, many years ago, as I was sitting on the couch and I was quite down on myself for some reason. I can't even remember what it was. And my wife came and asked me and said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm thinking. And she, then she said right away, no, you're not. You're worrying. And I was like, I had to sit and go, oh, you know, I think you're right. I guess I was worrying. I don't even know what it was about. It, it doesn't matter. But you know what? I wasn't thinking properly. And sometimes we can get into a funk into our, in our minds and in our thoughts, you know, in our own headspace, and we, we might end up just sitting somewhere like I was and just thinking improperly, thinking, you know, stinking thinking going on. Thank God for people that are around us that when they see this, you know, this black cloud hovering around our minds, you know, that they can help us 
get rid of it. They can clear the air. They can come and, you know, blow the fan of God's word or spiritual strength or wisdom on us and shoo those dark clouds away. It's easy to get up in one's own thinking or get caught up and not recognize what's really going on. There's some things we need to realize. Number one, we need to realize that not all our thoughts are our own. You may well remember the verse that says that um, Satan had actually put the thought of betraying Jesus into Judas. And that little-known verse tells me that these things, these invisible forces, are able at times to inject thoughts into our minds. So we can also start to think that, you know, these are my thoughts. This is, this is, this is my thought. This is what I'm supposed to do. So you've got to really recognize and realize that not all thoughts are our thoughts. Not every thought is our thought. We also then need to realize, number two, that not everything we think is the gospel truth. I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've, I've talked to people or listened to people who said, well, I was just thinking about this one day, or I thought this. And, and when we think that, they automatically assume it's the gospel truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But just because I thunk it doesn't mean that it's right. And so we have to learn to discern between right and wrong. That's called being mature. It's also talk, it's also being wise. And 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise, let him become a fool that he may become wise. You know, and I've been a fool lots of times in my thinking. I remember one time not that long ago, I was driving my car. And I saw someone that I knew. And for some reason, as soon as I saw them as I was driving, these thoughts came to my mind. And you know what? They were not good thoughts. They were thoughts of suspicion. They were thoughts of accusation. They were critical thoughts. And, you know, and I realized, hey, these aren't my thoughts. I don't feel that way with this person. I don't like these kind of thoughts. So I, I assumed it was from the enemy. I assumed some invisible force. And that happens a lot, I think, especially when people gather with friends and family and church people. There's a lot of these little birds flying around the air. There's an old saying that we used to say, you know, we can't stop the birds from flying around, but we can certainly stop them from landing in our hair. And that's what we need to do. We need to recognize false thoughts. We need to recognize when these thoughts aren't right. One of the problems I had early on in my life, which I didn't recognize until I became a Christian, and I remember being in the church for, I don't know, three or four months, and I had these people come up to me. We're talking about my life, and they said to me, you have a problem with self-pity. You know, and I'd never heard that before. I'd never thought of such a thing. And I, I defended myself, saying, oh, no, I don't. I'm not like that, blah, blah. Well, I went home that night, and I laid in bed, and I was just praying and said, Lord, is it true? Do I have self-pity? And inside, the little voice of the Lord said to me, yeah, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And so I, I eventually went in, and I got prayer, and I got help, and, and uh I actually got delivered, I think, from some kind of thing or spirit that self-pity had burrowed its way into my life. And I, I got rid of it. And I've been fighting ever since. And I think now, I don't, I don't think I ever get that way now. But, you know, what is feeling sorry for yourself? And you might think, well, what's the big deal? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's like when you feel 
sad about your situation. You you look at somebody else and you feel, you know, they're always doing better than you are. You look at someone and see where they've got to, and it's like, oh, come that never happens to me, or, you know, all these kind of things, you know, boo-hoo, you know, woe is me. I always have a woe is me. It doesn't matter how good things happen to you, it's still woe is me. You see somebody else, you have a hard time being happy for somebody else. We have a hard time seeing the good things around us. I'll tell you what, this self-pity thinking is very, very, very dangerous. And this line of thinking has got to be put away as, as soon as it tries to come on you. Because it is a terrible, terrible power. And it will fester in your life. It can take root in your lives. And it can get into your mind. And it only has one purpose, and that is to destroy you. So guys, anytime you start feeling sorry for yourself, you know what? Get rid of it. I thank my wife, Barb, because she has been such a powerhouse in that, in that manner. And over the years, when, when I have kind of been in this kind of thinking, she has quickly been able to come and, and snap me out of it. And she says, get out of this. Stop thinking like this. And we were able to pass that on to our children. At least I think we have, you know, to get them, hey, Stop thinking like that. That's not what's really happening. Life isn't that bad. It's not woe is you, you know. And we had to put everything into the proper perspective. And I think that's part of right thinking. Put everything in the proper perspective. And through the word of God, his power, much prayer, you know, I am free from this kind of thinking. I'm just using this as examples as one type of thing that can really damage our thinking and cause us to think strange things. You know, what do you have trouble with in your mind? What reasonings, what thinking, what, what kind of things, you know, do you have to deal with? They may not be what I deal with. They're, pro- they're different, but you're going to have to deal with them at some point. You know, all foolish thoughts need to be purged immediately. Every thought of fear and anxiety and worry have to be pushed away. Doubt and unbelief cannot be given any place in our lives. You know, there's, I'm not here to name a whole bunch of things. There's probably a hundred different faulty things and lines of thinking and reasoning that, that just aren't good for us. And they've got to go. So we've got to be wise in our thinking. We've got to grow up in our thinking. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 says this, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. Immature thinking? Yeah. Have you seen this? I have. I have seen a lot of people over the years, especially as a pastor, you know, who won't grow up in their thinking, and they end up thinking strange things about others. They think strange things about the church. They think strange things about their relationships, the people in their relationships. And you know what? Eventually, they just walk away. They begin to think that, you know, no one is for them in the church, or they begin to think that they're the only ones with struggles and there's no one else to help. They might begin to think that the proverbial grass is greener on the other side, that if they just hop that fence and go somewhere else, it's all going to get better. Listen, if you don't deal with your thoughts and thinking, these things go with you no matter where you go. And we need to be aware of wrong thinking that can establish what we call strongholds in our minds. I think you know which scripture I'm going to next. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. That means spiritual war again, invisible war. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. I don't know about you, but I have talked to people at times. It didn't matter what I said, no matter what was good, what was right, giving them the word of God, and yet they just couldn't seem to see it. They didn't want to listen. And you know what? They had a stronghold. This word stronghold. We have power to, devote, to destroy strongholds. This word stronghold literally means a fortified castle. You know, we make prisons of our own selves, of our own minds. We build walls up by strange thinking. No wonder it's difficult to break through. However, there is a divine power that has the capability to pull down and totally demolish and destroy these fortified castles that we've built up in our minds. So this is another area where we need to fight the good fight of faith. It's the battleground of the mind. And how are we going to destroy these arguments? How do we destroy these lofty things? How do we destroy these reasonings, these things that are against the knowledge of God? And that's what they are. They really are against God's word. Well, it's simple. We need God's word to show us how we ought to think. We need to learn it. We need to read it. We need to think on it and allow the word of God to start destroying these mental strongholds that have been built up in our lives. Every one of us has them somewhere. And no matter what we think, we've all got some kind of stronghold that needs to be pulled down. But, you know, God has given us the power to take every thought captive. This literally means that we need to lead away every thought that's not lining up with God's word, lead it away into captivity. It's basically taking our thoughts prisoners of war. And what do you do with a prisoner of war? You lock him up in the stockade. You put him in jail. Why do you do that? So he can no longer get in the fight. There's enough battles going on, enough fights. You don't want that guy hanging around. So we need to take these thoughts that don't line up with the word and put them in prison. Lock them up. Put them behind bars so he can't fight anymore. That's what we do with wrong thoughts. We take them captive and we replace them with the word of God. Why? So they have no more influence in our lives anymore. And I will leave you with a story and a one scripture about what happened to me when I first became a believer. And at the time I was going to Bible school and I was delivering newspapers, uh, about 1100 every week, little extra money. And I remember um, Dr. Pierce, our Bible school director saying, hey, you know, take the word of God, write it down on a three by five uh, card and then read it, pull it out of your pocket and read it every day, four or five, 10 times a day. And at that time, I had a real problem with feeling righteous. I knew by the word that God had made me righteous, but I didn't feel righteous. I always felt sinful. I always had a sin consciousness. I didn't feel free. I always felt guilty and ashamed for doing nothing, just, just for living. And so that was bothering me. So the scripture finally was revealed to me in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, for he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so as I'm walking, I'm delivering these papers one night, and I pulled the card out and I read it. And as I read it, it was like I had a revelation. It was like this, this word, you know, 
jumped off the pages and it just went right into my heart, right into my head and right into my heart. And something changed from that day forward. I can't really explain it. I, I don't know. It's a spiritual thing that happened. It was a beautiful thing. And from that time on, I've been a lot better with dealing with things. Because in those days, if I did something wrong, you know, I'd make a mistake or say something stupid or hurt somebody or swear. I, I'd do something stupid. You know, it would take me weeks to get over it. I mean, I would literally whip myself spiritually in an attempt to try and feel good about myself again. It was like I was saying to God, well, if I can just feel bad about myself long enough, eventually I'll get to the place where I'll feel that you're accepting me again. I think Martin Luther, they said, had the same problem. I think they said that he used to take a, a piece of wood or something, he'd carry it with him and he'd whip himself on the back, trying to feel righteous. And perhaps that's why he got the revelation that the just shall live by faith. And that's what had to happen to me. I had to come to a place to realize, listen, I had a stronghold. And I felt bad. I felt guilty all the time. But since that day, it didn't take nearly as long to get over the things that I've done wrong. It used to take three weeks. And then it was two weeks. And then it was a week. And now I, I dare say that if I do something wrong and I can ask God to forgive me, you know, in a very short time, I realize I am again the righteousness of God in Christ. So this scripture has done a lot for me, but it had to get inside. It had to break a stronghold, and I had to renew my mind with it. So guys, I just want to encourage you today to renew your mind with God's word. Take the time to read it. Take the time to meditate on it. Absorb it. Let it get into you. It will not do you any good sitting on the coffee table. It's not going to do you any good sitting on the backseat of your car. The word of God does no good unless you put it in front of your eyes and start letting it get inside you. And as you do, the strongholds that are in your mind will begin to fall off. You'll become a different person, and you will find yourself happier, more content, more satisfied, and thinking properly. So God bless you guys today. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. And again, our goal is to help you be the best man that you can be. Thanks for listening. Take the time to share this on social media, tell others about it, and help others become the best men they can be. God bless. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Share it with a friend or a family member and get the word out there. If you would like some more content, please join our Facebook page, For Men Only, or subscribe to the newsletter, which is on the Faith Alive Family Church's website, fasc.ca, and click the link. Now let's become the men God has called us to be.